My name is not Bond, James Bond, nor is it Connery, Sean Connery. But you have uncovered a podcast devoted to TV shows and films from the past. Do we expect you to talk? No. We expect you to listen. I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. Those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it, but in this case, we can forgive CBS for telling us that the Korean War lasted 11 years, when in reality it was a little more than three. Seriously, without math like that, think of how little MASH we'd have to enjoy. MASH is based on the novel by Richard Hooker and the 1970 film of the same name. It aired on CBS from 1972 to 1983 and gave us an ensemble of unforgettable characters, from Alan Alda's Hawkeye Pierce to Jamie Farr's Max Klinger and, of course, Loretta Switz, Margaret Hotlips Houlihan. And it just so happens that we were able to spend some time with Loretta chatting about the new cast reunion on Alan Alda's podcast, her extensive animal rights activism, including her book, Sweetheart, and, of course, all things MASH. I do have to ask this because I'm very excited. For some reason, this has got me all a titter. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't exactly know what a titter means, but it, I'm, I'm feeling that. Uh, what, uh, Alan's podcast, Everybody Reuniting yes. from MASH, how is that yes. coming about and why am I all a titter about it? <laughs> I guess because you love us and you love the show. Okay. I mean, we we became everybody's family. We became members of your family. After 11 years of being in your kitchen, your bedroom, your living room, and den, and so forth. So uh, just, uh, and I think the characters were so painfully human. It was easy to adopt us into your family. Yeah. And, uh you haven't seen us collectively in a while. Yeah. I mean, we see each other all the time. We always laugh when everybody says it's a reunion. It's like, are you kidding? I just had lunch with him. Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't invited um, to any of these reunions. Uh, no, of course not. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. So much room. But um, uh, so, yes, I can see why you'd have some excitement about it, seeing your your family, you yeah. know, we are family to each other. There's no question about that. As a matter of fact, Alan and I were together having lunch when he said I was uh, thinking that maybe uh, all of us should get together uh, on my podcast. I said, that's a great idea. Let's do it. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> from that moment to actually making a date, uh, trying to get these guys to get a date, a few hours in one place, you know, and do this took weeks and weeks really? and weeks and a lot of laughs and a lot of jokes saying, well, I'm sorry, I can't do it then. Maybe you can do it, whatever. And um, and then, of course, in the middle of all this, the fires had Jamie and Joy out, yeah. ousted, ousted from their beautiful home, and you know, so uh, it was... Um, a long time in coming, but uh, yeah, we're all excited about it too. It's uh, it's gonna be fun. It's the, and Gary said to me, "What what? Tell me about this." And I said, "It's just like getting together and chatting and having a great time, like yeah. we used to do. Just in um, we we had <laughs> we had a circle of chairs, and uh, it was a little removed from the action of the scenes being filmed." And we called it our green room. I mean, it wasn't a room, but it was, you know. <laughs> An imaginary and, room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, I said, it's, it's kind of like doing that. He said, oh, well, that's going to be fun. You know, so uh, 
it, it is. It's just any time uh, we get together, we have such a history together, such a tapestry. Um, I just last night, I sent some funny pictures to Mike of us together. You know, we we both used to have so much hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, things change. <laughs> oh boy, do they ever! <laughs> <laughs> do they ever? What I what I love about this though is it. You know, normally you'd hear, oh, the cast of a you know a TV show who ha- we have not seen together since pretty much the show went off the air uh, is getting together. You would expect, oh, it's going to be a CBS special, a two hour event, and all this. Like, no, it's going to be an yeah, Alan yeah. Alda's podcast. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah. Mhm mhm it reminds me of the time when we were um going to the Emmys and as you know when you're going out for the awards uh the uh, network sends these long limos and you get right. uh, red carpet treatment everybody does and uh we opted to charter a bus and go together <laughs> wow you know so it's kind of like you know, we the Nash cast arrives on this bus you know that's hysterical yes uh, yeah but that's that's who we are yeah. you know we were we wanted to be in one bus in one place together yeah i just think it's great doing the low-key approach is going to make it in some ways even more important to people uh, well it it was um what we wanted to do i mean yeah. it was um we didn't want to be in separate limos we wanted to be all together and uh uh, our party started when we got picked up by the bus and got <laughs> sure on the did. bus, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of funny with black tie, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, and gowns and you know, what have you. Wonderful. Of course we've done, but we've done that, um, big time reunion stuff more than once for, for the networks. You have know? you? I don't remember that many. Uh, times. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sure. I'm old. Yeah. I forget uh, things. Yeah, but that that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my and goodness. then we have this, we have this, uh, I think, wonderful video that Mike Hirsch wrote and produced uh, called The Making of MASH. And uh, while that was, we were still going on, we were still doing the show, but mm-hmm. um, it for me was uh, a splendid look into backstage at how we arrived at an episode you know I, I i it's a wonderful wonderful film and and if if you haven't seen it since you're such a fan of the show it's it's really a wonderful i need to wonderful uh, yeah it's called the making of mash and it's mike hirsch wonderful yep shows the memory of the show is so strong you know Mm-hmm, uh, and, and although I do want to hit you on some more stuff on that, I, I'd rather jump ahead a little bit for the moment and ask you about sure. the book. We started talking about the book, mm-hmm. and and I'd like to sort of get a get a sense from you of well, let's let's start actually a little further back from the book in the sense of your animal activism is obviously such an important part of your life. Yes. What? Yes. What? Mm-hmm. When? When? And what has led to where you are now with it? Because it's obviously very significant in your life. Uh, you only know what you know, uh, and, um, not you, I mean, one as a person, yes, I got what it. <laughs> one knows. Yeah. And, uh, first time somebody said that to me is it was like, excuse me, run that by me again. Right. And then I realized, um, that as we grow, as we, from childhood, uh, 
you only know what you're exposed to. You only know what you see, what you learn that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess animal abuse or neglect uh, that I saw, I learned from. I learned what not to do. I I learned, I saw that this was wrong. But but my um, my parents used to uh, laugh and tell me when I was a kid, I'm talking about tiny kid in a stroller, you know, little, little girl. And um, I would see a dog and I would just blow up like a little balloon, get really red in my face and say, doggy, 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 (laughs) doggy, doggy, doggy. And they said that we thought you were going to implode. I mean, it was just like (laughs) you were so, (laughs) so excited at seeing this little dog, you know? So, um, uh, it was an innate love, I think, for creatures. And um, I knew not to buy an animal as I got older. I knew to work with rescues, to work with adopting or uh, fostering um, that those abandoned creatures needed us. And it just kept growing from there. But I think I just really responded to animals from being a little girl. I just, uh, I used to save sugar cubes from restaurants um, to feed my horse, which I was, you know, my family wasn't able to do that. And, and we didn't live in a place where you could have one anyhow. And I would, I just all my life was uh, dreaming about always being, with animals and uh that was my my goal you know to to yeah. uh to be there and help and to and it just grew from there and when you look at it now i mean you, you know it must be a wonderful feeling for you i guess accomplishing that and and being so involved i would think i do the best i can there are a lot of great people out there a lot of great organizations we've come a long way i will say that yeah. again knowing what i know I know way back when we were regarded as a bunch of bleeding hearts and whatever. Um, And I finally got to a place where I was not put off by that description. My heart was bleeding. I was caring and it was not a bad thing to be. And um, it was not, if they felt they were calling me a name, it was not insulting me. It was, um, you know, something that I felt strongly about and was willing to lose blood over. So, um, but we've come such a long way. We've got some very strong, powerful forces out there, HSUS and uh, uh, Farm Sanctuary and uh, Bidawi, uh, where I, I do a lot of work with Bidawi. It's mm-hmm. one of the greatest it's the oldest shelter in new york city and uh they do just such great work and and anyway so so we've all come a very long way where we're being taken very very seriously uh do i have goals yeah i like to eliminate every puppy mill or kitten mill uh on the planet they're wrong they're evil it's bad it's terrible. 
it's unjust and it should be. I think it is illegal in some states. Um, the conditions are abominable and illegal. And so uh, little by little, <clears throat> we'd like to, um, we are speaking for the community, the humane community, are very much opposed to the uh, terrible puppy mills. So there are there are small goals there out there. And right now, the big project for me and Sweetheart Animal Alliance is to gather together um, organizations and make an alliance and help get the uh, dogs back from Afghanistan, hopefully get the uh, canine teams back together and, you know, not leave anybody behind. Right. So there are, there are like larger goals. That's enormous because um, the dogs return with uh, PTSD, just like the soldiers, they're soldier dogs. And so they need rehab. They need um, a lot of work. So there are wonderful organizations that have already put together programs where the teams go through rehab together and resocialization and and so forth. So it's 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 so enormous. I could talk about this um, exclusively, and, and I don't want to do that to you. Right. But <clears throat> so so that is, I think, a strong way to show how far we've come. It's nice that you can use your stardom and your people know the fact that people know you to use oh, that yeah. in a oh, positive listen. way. Yeah, I think it's wonderful yeah. you can do that. Oh, it's better than nice. Yeah. It's so it's so helpful. It's so yeah. yes, absolutely. That's you know, again calling my guys and come to Ella's Acres fundraiser and the Ed, you know, that of course, yes, the the platforms that we have, people love our work. They want to hear what we have to say and they trust us and they believe in us. And so um we can we again gives us a uh, a platform from which to reach out. And it's so much nicer than you guys, you know, leaning into a microphone and going, you really should be drinking Coca-Cola. <laughs> you don't even <laughs> I think it's a lot more I think, it's a lot, I think it's a lot more positive than that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I tried not to uh, do all those uh uh, diet cookies that give <laughs> right. me, you know, you want you're going to lose seven pounds yeah, right, exactly. overnight or something. And it's like, but, but when you do do that, when you do care about telling the truth to, uh, to your audience. And, um, of course that's the basis of, um, of acting or theater. I mean, if you, uh, you stem from your own truth when you're attacking a character, right. Uh, you know, what What do you have in your psyche that applies here, your values and your strength and your, your humor or whatever? And, and then you build on that. Um, the, the, the writers on MASH did that. That's they're so splendid. They would they would take from our lives and, it, and embroider that into the character. Um, my my animal activism for example they wrote um they wrote an episode in which i um i fall apart because the uh the camp dog gets hit by a yes and uh the the what what they were able to to show 
was um, my my release over the death of this little dog that was able to cry uh, because I wasn't able to do that in the OR. I had a job to do. Right. And so uh, it was uh, the same kind of caring and love and loss, but I was able to uh, explode. The character was she was so um, uh, dedicated as a nurse and so pulled together that she didn't let herself fall apart often enough. She was just all tied up, you know, and uh, the same thing with the nurses exploding with the nurses and and telling them how lonely I was without saying that, but uh, to to say to them, you've never even invited me into your tent for a lousy cup of coffee. Right. So, so, so this is, um, um, the, the brilliance of the writers and, uh, exploring our, our attributes, our values and, and, using them for the characters. Absolutely. And what's nice is when you let the wall down of a character on occasion, like I remember there was a big deal on Happy Days. I was a big fan of Happy Days back in the day when I was a teenager. And there was an episode where Ron Howard's character went into a coma and Henry Winkler as the Fonz broke down crying. It's the first time you Uh, saw him break down and crying, right? And it was really Mm -hmm. amazing episode. And seriously, it moves you to tears now if you even watch it. However... The next mm. week, Fonzie had a dog and he got weepy eyed over the dog. And it's like, okay, wait. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like, I get it. I mean, it was really cool when he cried over his best friend being in a coma and yeah. then went back to being, hey, you know, that guy. But if he did it every week, it loses its power. So for Houlihan to have that moment with the dog and even later on that moment with the nurses and the party and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, inviting mm-hmm. him in, mm-hmm. I think if they mm-hmm. did that all the time, it would destroy Houlihan as a character. Uh well, it. I think it, it, she's a real person to me. So, yeah. uh, as you know, we don't do that all the time, human beings. Um, but what makes her interesting is to see it happen occasionally when she's not pulling everything together. Right. Because you can also enjoy her <clears throat> when she's pulling everything together, you know. Absolutely. So um, uh, respect, admire her strength, admire her determination, her ambition and so forth. And so but that's that's what makes up the tapestry of of the character of all those characters that uh, that they contained all those human traits and values and downsides, dark sides, upsides, you know, and that's what made them real. They weren't cutouts cardboard cutouts you know oh definitely not you know i even remember the power of just in that final episode uh the big finale where uh hot lips and and uh um alan and no the the world's longest kiss oh my god but it was did you know it was the most expensive kiss ever held on television well now you're gonna have to explain (laughs) that one because i don't know why that is (laughs) oh uh, uh yeah it was explained to me you see the advertising Power, the <laughs> okay. expense. Right. The, so, so uh, they were buying time 
by the minute. Yeah. So that's how they they calculated that that kiss was the longest, <laughs> most expensive kiss ever to be had on television. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I never even thought about that. But right, they were so oh, man, did they sell it for money? It, those it, commercials. It, it, yeah, it, it did. It did go on. <laughs> it did, but it was so great for the characters, though. That explosion of like, yeah. this is goodbye. This is eleven year. Well, not eleven, two and a half to them, but eleven to us. Yeah. Uh, yes. Years. I mean, it was such a great release in a sense about these characters and this goodbye between them. It was just so powerful, yes. I thought. Yes. Uh, yes. It it harked back to the time when they had a meeting of body and soul mm-hmm. behind enemy lines and, and um, uh, comrades in arms. Uh, yeah. uh, their Their relationship was affected dramatically from that episode on. Yeah. And I think that was also very, very important in our show that things did affect that the, the, um, symmetry that we didn't, we didn't snap back in orderly episodic fashion. No. Um, the writers and the producers allowed us to be affected by things. And, um, for my character, I had a lot to to ask for, because for the first three seasons, I was in a relationship with Frank Burns, right. and they 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 started to um, uh, they began to write my character uh, brighter and um, uh, by brighter, more intelligent and more uh, more army and so forth, and and um, they made Frank. Uh, a doctor not as competent as the doctors she admired, but the doctors who didn't respect her. Here we had Frank, who was you know all over her and loved her and right. adored her. But they made him married, and they made him goofy and inept. And it was difficult, as you know, our meetings together. I would tell the the writers it was more and more difficult for me, as an actress, to justify being with him and so yes he's the only game in town i'm very lonely and i'm human and so forth but you can do it just so long and and alan was actually the the most succinct in talking about that once in an interview he said uh and he's a writer so he said speaking for writers sometimes when you get a good gag and god knows uh, Margaret and Burns were a gag. I mean, they were funny and wonderful, and it's difficult to let that go. Yeah. But um, uh, we persevered. Loretta felt very strongly about the continued growth of the character, and uh, and then he said, "Obviously, we were right. We're a hit." Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the understatement of all time. Yeah, just a little but, bit. Um, but uh, I think it was to their uh, a credit to their insight and and vision and and intelligence that they allowed those characters to continue to grow. Yeah, you know, you didn't have Hawkeye and Trapper and Hawkeye and BJ just drinking drinking all the time you tackled the issue you tackled the problem of alcoholism 
and how dangerous it was for them because they were starting to depend on that and rely on that for support yeah. uh, and so forth. You know, there were different, different things that, um, uh, that we were able to, to tackle. And, um, and then that was old. You got to have the words. I know they give the actors a lot of credit, but, right. but, um, that's only because the face is on the screen, but you got to have the words. And we had the words. We had these extraordinary writers, starting with Larry Gelbart and Gene Reynolds. I mean, hello. Oh, yeah. I, I used to say, I used to say, you don't do anything. You, you do a, a Larry Gelbart line or a joke. You just you just sit there and you say the words. That's it. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. My favorite was um, uh, try doing it with your mouth shut. Larry, Larry um, Linville was uh, Frank Burns, I should say. Frank was just making an absolute babbling fool of himself in front of this young girl. And uh, and he says something really idiotic, like, well, it's, it's so nice to be nice to the nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, one of those Burns lines that absolutely committed him to idiocy. Yeah. So I I um, they leave. And he looks at me and I give him one of those withering <laughs> hula hand looks. Right. So he's already squirming. And he said, well, I was just trying to, you know, make conversation. And the Gelbart line is, Frank, try doing it with your mouth shut. <laughs> now, you know, you can't, you cannot miss with that joke. Not at know? all. <laughs> just, so we were blessed with these gems <laughs> we were given these wonderful words oh absolutely you know and you mentioned the fact that they allowed the characters to grow and that's an interesting period in television because now of course everything's you know bingey and and everything's all about that serialized evolving you know relationships between the characters right. and that sort of thing but back then that was really pushing the envelope when everyone was still mired yes. in the whole no yes. it has to be standalone we can't yes. have it serialized Yes, it was. Yes, it was absolutely innovative. Um, and um, thank God. I mean, I, I'd uh, be very um, concerned about that uh, because I, I felt I couldn't afford to be trapped into uh, staying where I was and not and not develop as right. a character. And that's before you even think it's going to run for 11 years. Yeah. But, um, as an actor, you feel confined that you, you you cannot keep doing the same thing, uh, without being affected by it, you know? So, and, uh, but it was, it was, yes, a big leap because like Gene would say to me, but, Loretta, it's episodic. And so, yes, but because it is, we need to examine that, you know. Um, but it, 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 it worked. It just worked. And, and it was so human. Yeah. That's what made it so real that people develop and that not necessarily change, but um, develop and, um, and grow. Yeah. And I guess that's why towards the end, I mean, uh, you know, college is like I was at, in college when the show was ending and we all did the goodbye party. You know, the last episode, everybody gathered in the main lounge. The mash and, uh, bashes. The mash bashes. There you go. But what was interesting is besides the mash bashes, 
that show, like in New York, was running, well, four times a day on, on Channel 5, on Fox, mm. two mm. times a day in Connecticut. And it was like, so you could watch six episodes of MASH a day, <laughs> and it was never boring. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, the, um, the writers were full of surprises. Yeah. Now, one of the most brilliant things I think they continued to do was, um, I, I used to call it the what-if syndrome. They were going through the what-if what if, what if Jamie Farr and Loretta get a, a flat tire? They let the, the or 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 run out of gas, or what? Well, what what if they're going to Kimpo, and she's, oh, it's her birthday. She wants to go to Kimpo, and, and go to Japan and spend her birthday with some top brass, <clears throat> and but she doesn't tell anybody because she doesn't want them to start asking how old she was and all, you know, like nobody knew. So, so what if, and what if, and then they would continue this, what if stuff and you, and you get this episode in which these two characters, polar, polars apart, you know, uh, Klinger and Margaret and he, there they are, stranded, and he brings her a little muffin or something, I think it was, with a candle in it, right. to wish her a happy birthday. And at first, it's like, I don't want you to feel sorry for me, you of all people, and you know, there that kind of terrible Irish temper she had. Right. And, um, and then she uh, can't help but um, be touched by it. Yeah. And and she reveals, I think, so much. So does Jamie. I mean, Jamie was so wonderful. I can't think of anybody who could be Klinger. I mean, he's just <laughs> right. the, the, the casting was just extraordinary. But <clears throat> she <clears throat> reveals to him what a birthday means to her. She thought she would be further along in her career. Right. You know? And uh, and it just um, you, it's remarkable material you're blessed with oh yeah you're also in a situation where like and these are the best shows where you can take these two characters like you said they're polar opposites they don't share a lot of scenes together suddenly they get an episode together and it's like it's so great when you could take two characters doesn't matter which ones and when you Uh, put them together magic to see what would happen right exactly it's magic what would what would happen if absolutely and um um they uh, uh, and also what was uh, very special about Mash is there was there was a lot of things going on within the episode that was never just one story, which tends to be cardboard. You know, um, there was there's a lot of things going on in the camp, and you have six to eight people yeah. that you care about that you want to follow, and uh, so that episode was called Birthday Girls. And um, uh, simultaneous to this, uh, our our cow was having a, a baby calf in back in camp, and you know, I mean, it's just like the juxtaposition is oh, yeah. so funny, <clears throat> but it was very real, you know. It was, that was what was happening. Absolutely. Uh, so there was there was always oh, there was always a lot of stuff happening. The um, 
the um, the letter writing, the yeah. dear dads, the dear sister, like Bill Christopher, the most the the quintessential priest of all time. Right. I used to say, I swear, Bill Christopher brings people back to the church. <laughs> he was just such that he was the perfect quintessential priest. He was the priest you wanted to know. You wanted to talk to. Yeah. He was the priest who was going to help you, give you solace. He wasn't partisan. He would do anything. You know, <laughs> my my then fiance Donald Penobscot said, uh, uh, "Father, do you do a, a a Baptist thing or a Lutheran thing? I forget Presbyterian. There's Presbyterian. Do you do a Presbyterian thing?" And and that dear face of Bill in camera says piece of cake you know <laughs> i just you know he was uh and and each one of those pieces of music they were like notes yeah on a scale and uh together they made this music you know and and when it was called for it was a cacophony you know it was it was a blaring fight oh, yeah. and scream and you know yelling and and uh but it was, but it was always musical. The notes were always so strong, and they were always there. And uh, the writers let you have a glimpse of these beautiful duets, these unexpected harmonies. Um, you know, I never thought of it that way. This is off the top of my head, but yes, the the, the they would put together these two characters, and you would get a duet that you didn't expect yeah. a harmony that you didn't expect like, like Klinger and uh, Houlihan or, or, or um, comrades in arms to have that kind of, and David, uh, David Ogden. I mean, we had some wonderful, funny scenes together. These again are two polar opposites. Oh, yeah. You've got an army brat and uh, an elitist, uh, a snob, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <It's> great. <laughs> uh, or as as uh, Margaret would say, his his monogram caviar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, sticking with the band thing, what you were saying about the band, we'll stick with that analogy for a second. The beauty yeah. of this show and those writers, really, is the band members could change, and the song uh, continued. That, I, Yes, yes. By ver you mean like uh, characters in and out. Oh, when uh, cast members you, would yeah. leave the show. New cast yeah. members would join, and somehow well, it worked. You know, yes. Fortunately, we had. Uh, well, first of all, we were blessed with each change. Yeah. Each change was like getting uh, adrenaline. Oh, it was yeah. a shot in the arm. It was this new force that came in, and again, the casting and the producer. The it was it was just always brilliant. I mean. For Harry Morgan to come in to replace McLean is just holy moly, you know. Oh, this yeah. is uh this is a tune to be played that you know, just great. But um uh by virtue of of the circumstance, you know, where we were where where army uh, we were a, a mobile unit, people did come and go and come and go. Right. So um um this was uh, a, a, an easy segue for the writers. To, we would lose people. Or, uh, now, um, talk about playing a note to lose Henry Blake 
to the war. Yeah. It was monu- monumental. It was the first time that's ever happened where you had a main beloved, uh, overwhelmingly oh, yeah. beloved character that that we killed. Oh you yeah. Know? Uh, but what a what an what a statement to make against the war. Absolutely. Um, and believe me, um, the, the producers were besieged with mail and calls. How dare you? How dare, how dare you kill Henry? You know, we didn't, we didn't, the war did take your rage, put it where it's going to do some good, you know? Absolutely. But, uh, it it was sheer brilliance. The production, the, the producers, um, and the writers, it was yeah. just <clears throat> such a, it was beyond <clears throat> a pleasure to go to work. It was an absolute blessing. Harry and I used to get there so early. I mean, would just, <clears throat> you, you've never seen a cast so eager to get to work, to go. So, cause it was going to see your family, your yeah. favorite people, your favorite faces that you want to just, even if, even if you were dozing in your chair <clears throat> in the green room, uh, <clears throat> Alan and I, uh, we used to sit up and go into a slight sort of daze. You know, we could, we could do that. We could just take like a little nap where you just, um, uh, that saves your life, by the way, when you're doing a series. You go to dailies and then you go to sleep. Yeah, you get a power nap in your, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, they've done um, they've done research about uh, the power of sleep oh, over the power of food. You know, oh, I believe uh, that. They yeah. say you eat and your nutrition, you need your yeah. Well, I'll tell you, they um, their research proves time and again that uh, sleep over food you can last a lot longer without food and you cannot last. Uh, much longer without sleep. No, absolutely. I mean, I I believe an ancient form of torture, isn't it? Keep somebody yeah. uh, awake. They can either sit nor lay down or something, and mm-hmm. they, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a breakdown. So uh, God, where? How did we get to that place? Well, because it's a conversation. <laughs> that's what happens in a conversation. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know what? I, one thing I did want to ask about this, and I don't know if you felt this during the making of the show. Yeah, you know, I had I'd recently done a book on Battlestar Galactica, and one of the things Edward James almost had said to the cast of that show was, "You better enjoy every aspect of this show and the writing of this show, because in your career, you are likely never to experience it again." So embrace it, love it, and you know, and own it. Basically, was there ever that feeling? I mean, you were all guys, were all veteran actors, you all been acting and stuff. And but was there ever that feeling like we're in a place that's never going to be duplicated again? Only every day. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I'll tell you what Max said to me the last day of the show. He said, "I know I'll never be in anything this good again." Really? That was a quote. Yeah. But I have to leave. And I said, but why, Mac, if you know this? And he said, I just, I need to be number one. Wow. I have a show. I want to be. He didn't get it. He was number one. It had nothing to do with billing. He was was so rich and so wonderful in that role and funny. and, um, And actually his departure changed, um, again, 
reacting to each other and growing. Yep. When Harry came in as a whole different commander, we had a, you know, uh, Henry, we could walk all over him and, you know, um, you not only didn't do that with Harry, you couldn't. No. He was, he was regular army. He was a 30 year man. Absolutely. Even and, when Trapper uh, left. Trapper left and BJ came in the same thing. It's like a yes, totally different dynamic. Yes. Yes. And, and, and we, we always had the writers backing us up with, well, okay, what is this going to be like? Who's this guy? What's he going to be like? Yeah. And, you know, now in case, in the case of Alan, for example, who's going to have to room uh, in the tent, in the swamp. So who is this, you know, how's this going to be? Is this going to be, you know, whatever. And then, and then bringing in David, Oh my God. Yeah. Who is the conflict there? Who's going to bring all this other stuff into the swamp. And, um, it's just, and then i like David's character, for example, um, when, when you saw him being touched by things, of course, David was just an incredible actor yeah, and an incredible musician. But when when you saw him um, uh, take take the uh, patient, for example, who is a pianist and who's lost the use of one of his arms, and he takes him into the officers' club and um, shows him uh, the concerto written for one hand. Yes, and uh, so so it, it, to to you you had these opportunities with those characters to show that side of them. David, um, when, when in Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen, I'm in the Jeep and I turn around and I look at him and he put his hand on his heart. That was his goodbye to me. Yeah. And it just, um, uh, you know, spoke volumes of the characters. You know. Definitely. That episode is so emotional on so many levels. No, uh, indeed. Yeah, indeed. It really is. It was uh oh a lot of the the stuff was hard to shoot. Yeah. Burt Metcalf Bert Metcalf was directing and he's he's pleading with us, please people stop crying. <laughs> I believe <laughs> I it. I can't have you please stop crying. <laughs> you know? But um you know, uh, and uh, we were rehearsing the first day. We were reading the script, and uh, I have to look at Harry Morgan, who was like my dearest friend, father, colleague, uh, confessor. Of, I mean, he was you know we were bonded. I have to look into that twinkling face and say, "You dear sweet man, I'll never forget you." Yeah. And I have to do it without crying. Are you serious? <laughs> I said, so I, I, of course, we're reading. I, I burst into tears yeah. and Harry's Harry bursts into tears, you know? <laughs> so, so, so we figure by the time we get to shoot it, we're going to be drained. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I mean, it just, uh, it, it uh, because 
the truth behind it was I wasn't going to see him every day. Right. I, I certainly was, you know, going to see him. He was my, we're, we're forever friends, these, these people. But, um, but to realize that uh, this will be the end of room and uh stage nine and uh yeah. um yeah it was uh bittersweet was there as it was ending though i mean because i don't remember reading back then what the story was but i don't know if the ratings had dropped did it just run long enough were you guys anxious to get out of there and doing something new i mean what was the feeling on the show is it was winding yeah down? not anxious and and most of us did things on the hiatus, you know, sometimes more than one thing. I remember, you know, we all, we went out, did movies. <laughs> David would go somewhere and do King Lear. I mean, he used right. to say, <laughs> you know, I mean, we always uh, were busy with other things, but this was our home. It was our base. It was our, uh, our tent, our compound, our unit, it was the 4077th, and that was going to be ending. Yeah. And it was, um, I I can't say anybody was anxious. I, I just, that, that word wouldn't be appropriate. Okay. It was just uh, bittersweet. It was, some of it was you know, deadly even, you know, just the thought of, and, and yes, there was that spark of what's next. Yeah. But in answer to that, what you put for us about, did you realize as you were doing it, this was going to be so special and so forth? Yeah. Uh, I have to say that we did know uh, very, very early on, we knew well enough to appreciate the circumstance because it was so unique. It was so special and so caring. Um, and you didn't always find that it wasn't just quote, a job unquote, yeah. or a gig or a part or, and it was lasting. It had substance. <clears throat> it just kept getting better and better. Um, I remember, um, one year, Alan bought us um, this huge, beautiful uh, coffee table book. It was on medicine. And um, in my book, he wrote something, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to the effect, uh, wasn't, it, wasn't it wonderful to be us? Or isn't it, wasn't <laughs> it great to be us? And I, we've always all felt that way. Um, I have always, when I write to everybody and about us, I always end with you had to be there and we were. Yeah. Yet, so some of the things that have bonded us together for life, um, it cannot be explained. You had to be there. You had to be there um, in the morning shooting. You had to be there at dailies, lunch. Uh, you had to be there laughing. And you had to be there when you saw 
Mike Farrell lying on the floor, laughing so hard he couldn't get up because Harry Morgan was being funny. You know, <laughs> I mean, this, this, I don't know, Mike, uh, a Marine, six foot four, helpless, helpless, <laughs> laughing at Harry That's on great. the floor. And you had the director saying, please, people, please. A lot of begging going on you with know? you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to be there. I mean, yeah. I'm making you laugh just with the description, but to see it, I'm I'm tearing up now laughing because, uh, again, it was um, an incredible little miracle. But um, when I... When I say you had to be there, I always follow it up with, and we were. So, so we were, we were there. We were there in the middle of this happening, this little wonderful miracle. Um, no, we knew, we knew, and that, thank God, because to have missed that, to look back and and enjoy it only in retrospect we would have robbed ourselves of that experience, but we were there and we knew we felt it every day, all the time. We knew that this was uh, a jewel in the crown of any career. You know, it was uh, still, uh, I look back as a remarkable experience and one that belongs to us. Yeah. We have it, you know, it's in in my in my heart. And MASH is very much alive in our hearts, too. We hope you enjoyed this episode and catching up with Loretta. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and just go on and throw in a five-star review for good measure. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.